That's a good notebook. I like that. Next, I'll need, I'll need a trapper keeper next or something. <laughs> Do they? You can still get them. Nah, you can get them on eBay, but yeah, they're yeah. so expensive. They're ridiculously expensive. Man. I can't imagine they're in good shape either. No, no, and they weren't. Mine cheap were back never in, in a good shape at the end. Yeah, they, were, they weren't cheap back in the day either. I had one. I think they were more expensive than they probably needed to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just a bit of plastic with some dividers in it and a, a funky cover. But yeah, this is where it gets weird. <laughs> this is where it gets weird. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. I'm Darren. Here on Filling in the Gaps, we talk about puzzle games and puzzling movies. Today, we are doing one that I think is, I don't know if I would really call this mind-bending. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely some stuff you have to put together. Some stuff that may just be thrown in there, but you could put it together. It's a bit artsy, so it is another one of those where you could just sort of add meaning to a whole lot of things in the movie, I think. The movie is Mad God. This came out last year in 2021. Directed and written by Phil Tippett, a special effects (laughs) legend, apparently, who I had not heard of. But probably should have. I'm a bit surprised. Yeah, he's done everything, like Robocop, Jurassic Park. Not just Robocop, all three. Yeah. The original theatrical releases. Yeah, 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 he did all the... He was basically the stop-motion guy until Jurassic Park, and then he became the the kind of digital guy. Well, on IMDb, he's Jurassic Park. His title was... Dinosaur Supervisor. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The mind reels it like, hmm... Does that mean that he was managing the dinosaurs? You know, like, yeah, yeah. I, I get this idea of, he hey. Was, he was Chris Pratt. <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, Raptors, get over there. Yeah. This is not your turn. Yeah, just filled it with a big cigar. <laughs> hey, get over there. But yeah, there's actually a line in Jurassic Park that he said to Steven Spielberg. And basically, because of all this digital age stuff, he realized that stop motion was on its way out. And he's like, I can't remember the exact quote. And I probably should have researched that before we did this, just so I don't look stupid. Mm-hmm. But it's something along the lines of, my job is to be extinct now soon, or like I'm, I'm making myself extinct by taking this new role of digital rather than stop motion, which is is my roots. And Spielberg liked that quote so much, he put it in. It's actually a quote that Jeff Goldblum says as they're walking through the museum. They kind of screwed themselves out of evolution. I like this movie for the Thanksgiving thing, because I think it's in line with the last the last few that we've done in that it's just wait, 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 what? <laughs> we have done Threads yes. and Bad Boy Bubby, yes. and you think this is somehow in line with those? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's weird and disgusting, and it's it's a tough watch, man, at points. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> All right. I think this is far easier to watch, far easier to recommend <laughs> than either of the other two. But I think that that's partly because there are so many others I could point to and say, if you like this, then you might also like this. I mean, there is his history in special effects. Like, wow, he worked ILM for so long. So Willow, he was part of all of the original Star Wars trilogy in some way. Uh, I think he was additional crew for Jedi, but he was still part of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's basically the guy, isn't he? (laughs) I would say... uh, Well, actually, before we get to the recommendations, let's just talk about the numbers here. So... IMDb at 6.8, which is kind of just hovering under where I put most good movies. Rotten Tomato. Critics at 93%. Yeah. Audience at 67%. I'm really kind of surprised critics are so high. But when you look at the page, 
it's nothing but like, well, it may not be the most interesting story-wise, but you should see this movie. Yeah, out of all, out of all the ones I saw, it was just I was IGN that gave it a five out of ten. But IGN can go, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> who cares what you say about anything? Basically, when you review anything, but yeah, the critics were quite favorable to this. It's only an hour and 23 minutes. Yay. I will say, if you're having trouble getting through it, there are at least two to three harsh stop points where you could take a break and come back to I mean, it. There's an actual intermission in the film almost where it's like, this is this is time for you to go and have a walk. There's a halfway point and then there's another point even a bit beyond that yeah. where it cuts to hard black and you really could just take a break if you want to. Mm. I didn't. I pushed through. I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit difficult for me to sit through an hour and 23 minutes of what essentially, it's not a silent film, but it is in the fact that there's virtually no dialogue. There's no, I'm going to say there's no real character development. Like you have characters, but they don't develop. Mm -hmm. So it is a bit rough. Like I don't feel emotionally invested. And especially, we're still in the spoiler free section, but I would say about the halfway point is where I kind of went, well... Maybe I could take a break here because I'm not emotionally invested and I could. I could stop whenever I want and come back to it. Yeah. As far as recommending this movie, I do. I think that visually it is incredibly interesting. I think that if you paused on pretty much any frame of the movie outside of the completely black screens, you would go, well, that's interesting. There's a screensaver. Yeah. <laughs> so much has gone into... Every angle, what needs to be on there, the mise-en-scene. It is just really well done in that respect. I don't think that it is a perfect movie. There are definitely some things I would cut. There are definitely some things I would do differently. But overall, I do think it is very interesting. If you like movies like Heavy Metal, definitely that would fit into this, I think. This one actually has a much more through story than heavy metal mm -hmm. but it's that kind of feel to it also that kind of feel to some of the visuals as well stop motion is a very different animation style but it definitely has that feel i would say even things like sucker punch mm -hmm. which i feel have a very weak framing work to basically make three short films that are all action oriented you kind of get that here even things like Fantasia, I would say, you're basically going in for the visuals, the art, and that's the strong point. Mm -hmm. and so I kind of feel that, that that would kind of work. And if you're into games like ones we've talked about, like Little Nightmares, Limbo, Inside, this feels very much in vain with those as well. I would recommend it. I have some, some caveats as well, but I would say that this is definitely... An adult film, this is not meant for children. No. There are a number of things in here that you would probably not want them to see. As such, some of the stuff we're going to talk about, like we'll try to keep our language clean, but otherwise there are a couple things we're going to have to talk about. But this is nowhere near Threads or Buffy. <laughs> this is, I think, I feel much more comfortable like, yeah, we can talk about this <laughs> than, than some of the others. Some of the stuff that we could talk about, we don't really need to because it's not important for the story. But I would recommend it on visuals alone. Yeah, I mean, it's an experience, isn't it? It's just it's something that I think if you're into art and films, then something, even if you didn't like it, I think you would be better off having seen it. I agree. And that's pretty much it. Once we get into the spoiler section, we're just going to be giving it all away. So if you want to go in clean, 
pause now. Go, go on Shudder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go take a look at Shudder because this is a Shudder original. And then come back and listen. For the rest of you who have watched Mad God or don't care about spoilers, well, join us in the spoiler section. What's really interesting is this this movie took 30 years to make, man. It's like... That's what the trailer said. Thirty A nightmare 30 years in the making. In the making. Not to make. Yeah, that would be misleading. He started it when he was making Robocop 2. He liked it so much, but because of his whole shift away from stop motion into CGI, he's like, well, this project is dead. And so he shelved it for about another 10 to 15 years. And then it wasn't until people around him were like, hey, you should really do this, you know, like... It's still here. People are still doing this. And then he's like, oh, well. And basically what it says on uh, on one of the things I read was he just basically got a bunch of guys together. He's like, right, you do it. <laughs> and he just delegated everything. So he was the ov- overseer. He got that. He got a Kickstarter going. He got millions of dollars. And that's how it ended up getting made. But he was a bit of a perfectionist. And he wouldn't give up until it was exactly what he wanted. And that's just why it took so long. This was not his job. This was his. This was a little project in the cupboard, basically, that he, he took out every once in a while. But yeah, I'm glad it finally came out. It was actually Crimson Albedo that recommended this to me. Yeah, he's like, you'll like this, Darren. And I was like, yeah, man, uh, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> the movie opens with what sounds like cheering or fighting. I wasn't quite sure. There are a bunch of little figures on what appears to be a giant brick or stone tower that is basically a spiral of staircase that goes around up to the point at the top. It's a tower at Babel, isn't it? Yeah. That would be my guess. It is. I mean, there's an artist who has, he made a sculpture of it or he made a painting of it. And that is pretty much exactly an exact replica of that painting, which is the Tower of Babel. Yeah. So. All right. That would be fitting. Then we are going to hear lightning, see thunder, clouds roll in, and they roll in so much that they take over the whole screen. Yeah, it's not like they hover above it. and Yeah, it's like they just envelop the whole thing in darkness. There's a long passage with a font I'm not a big fan of <laughs> from Leviticus about a vengeful god. Yeah, man, it's like, this is terrifying. I can understand if you were like a churchgoer back in the day and you read that, you'd be absolutely terrified of pissing off God. <laughs> but by the end of it, it's like, you're going to be cannibals. You're going to eat your children. I love the, the kind of angry God stuff. But then you've got like the, the kind of snarky God where he's like, even your enemies will be disgusted by the land that they conquer from you. <laughs> it's just like, wow. But at the end of it, I just heard George Carlin in my head. But he loves you. <laughs> <laughs> See, now the thing for me was at the very end, when you finally get to the end, the paper, the passage, they explode in fire. And I laughed. This was so ridiculous. Like, this piece of paper just explodes. Why? You know, like, this is one of those where I was like, okay, what am I really in for? Because now I've only seen one scene, which I now know doesn't really tie into the movie. Thematically, perhaps it does. Yeah. And then you've got a whole long Leviticus passage, which probably has to do with the message of the movie. But it, it's not a religious film. It's not like he is actually going to make the reenactment of the Tower of Babel from beginning and end or any of the other things. So what was that for? (laughs) It definitely feels to me sort of an older way of doing things. You have a scene to get people in 
you have this scrolling text kind of scrolling text which tells you here is an important message to the movie it's fine but it feels a bit heavy-handed i don't think though if this had been done 30 years ago it would have felt quite so heavy-handed i think it's just a style of storytelling we've gotten away from a bit there is electricity that will flash on the screen and we see an eye an eye sort of floating around the screen but it's as though it's We're looking at it through a telescope, Mm -hmm. which makes sense given what we see later on. New scene. (laughs) Like, where are we going? When does the movie actually start? Well, here is where it really starts for me. The air, the whole sky is purple. Each sort of scene does a complete color change. This is a new scene. Yeah. (laughs) And we're starting here. This one is going to be purple. There are oozing pipes, sirens what looks like a dystopian prison. I'm not sure if that's what it's meant to be or if it's meant to be a fortress. I thought it was just the remains of the tower from before. See, I didn't think that they were connected at all. Mm. I really thought that the Tower of Babel from the beginning and this one were not related. This one has barbed wire cannons. I felt that they just built on top of it. It had been destroyed, but they kind of built on top of it. We're going to see a man... In very steampunk gear. Yeah. Dark goggles. We can't see the eyes. Overcoat. Gas mask kind of thing. I think a fedora. He's going to descend from the sky in a metal container. And it's being lowered on a cable. I thought it was parachuting in at first. And it wasn't until he got to the bottom and it started going back up again. I was like, oh, it was on a winch. Right. See, I noticed that one right away, I think. I was waiting for the cable to be attached to a parachute. Right. And then after a couple minutes when it wasn't, I went, okay, no, it's just a cable. Mm. There are huge cannons from that structure, whether it's the Tower of Babel or a prison, whatever it is, the cannons start shooting at this capsule that is being lowered down. He starts messing with some switches inside, turns on a light, Looks very cool from looking at it inside and then looking on it from the outside. Really great stuff with modeling that Mm -hmm. they've done, obviously. There's a birdcage in there with bird skeletons. Canary in the coal mine kind of thing? Well, that's what I was wondering. But we didn't see them before. No. So did they die just now or were they already dead? I have no idea. I'm guessing... And what difference does it make? Because he's already wearing the gas mask. Yeah, exactly. It's something that was probably just put in there because it's like, that looks cool. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a lot of that, (laughs) if I'm going to be honest. I think there's a lot of that in this movie. The capsule is going to be lowered below a bunch of pipes, past skeletons, statues, some of which you may recognize. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of them, I'm pretty sure, is meant to be a Harryhausen Cyclops. Yeah. (laughs) But that's nothing compared to the next ones I noticed. We're going to enter a yellowish area where there is just an absolutely giant skull. Mm -hmm. And then some structures that I didn't quite understand. They look like, in my notes I put them as rounded stone pyramids. Yeah, they're like almost, I don't know, they're like something out of dead space. Weird monolith eggs. I put eggs question mark too. I was expecting something to hatch and then when they didn't... Yeah, because they're huge. They're mountains basically. The capsule is going to land. The man is going to exit and walk down a path. We are watching very closely his boots. And I suspect this is a human actor that we're doing in stop motion. Yeah. yeah. I think as well is that if you you count the number of levels that you go through, this is kind of going back to Dante and uh, Divine Comedy. uh, There's nine levels to this. 
I don't I don't think that's by accident. This part was hilarious. <laughs> We're gonna hear some chattering, some bickering, high pitched voices. They look like I mean, they're only about two inches tall. They're these Two men in Santa hats. I guess they're like little elves or something. Yeah. They're fighting over a Santa figure, and our protagonist just steps on them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was a figure or if there, if it was clothes, and they were fighting over the clothes. I, I couldn't tell. At first, I was like, yeah, they're so tiny. But then, by the end of the film, I'm like, they're probably quite big, because... The guy at the end, he's dwarfed by these guys. These guys are giants compared to him. When he when he gives one of them the scroll at the end, he's actually quite small in comparison to these guys too. So it's like all of the sizes are way off in this. Is it's I have no idea, but, honestly. But but yeah, in comparison to the, to him, who they call in the movie, I think the assassin. I always called him the hero at first because I was like, oh, he's the hero of the. Yeah, film. that's fine. I think I started to refer to him as. Well, I, at one point, I mistakenly took him because we don't see the character of... I mean, we're in the spoiler section here. We don't see the character of The Last Man for quite some time. Mm. And so, in my head, when I looked at IMDb, the very top thing was The Last Man. And I right. went, well, that must be our protagonist. Mm-hmm. But that's not. Yeah. That's not at all the case. Once I realized that was the, the thing, I went back and I put soldier. But mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think it's meant to be assassin, especially given what the soldier's goal is. Yeah. This whole area, though, it's it's quite cool. It looks like something out of Fallout 3. It's basically when you're trying to get to Megaton, isn't it? It's just old fences and telegraph wires and everything's been blown apart by nuclear war kind of stuff. It's grim. He's going to look at a paper. It's a guide or a map. It's pretty much unintelligible, but the way he keeps checking it, you know that it must be because this is guiding him along his path. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it just happens... Or is he shredding the map as he goes? I think it just falls apart. Certainly the last time we see it, it just falls apart. But at this point, I wasn't sure if he was ripping it off. If that was a way to hide the fact that they know something. Or if it was just for his clarity of step one, do this. Okay, step one is over. I wasn't really sure. I like the imagery of it, though. I like the idea that he's shredding it as he goes. I don't think he is, but then that begs the question, like... So this map has been around for a really long time, uh, and it's so brittle that it's falling apart. Do, do they somehow get the map back to the next assassin, or what's going on here? It's just, it's odd. I don't know. I can't imagine that. No, I, I can't. Not yeah. given the way that we see it. Yeah. I will say that it is tough to watch the movie without starting to put themes to different things. So like with the bickering gnomes, I basically put them as futility. Right. They're fighting over something. But it doesn't matter because they're going to die anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of like the seven deadly sins throughout this film. It's, yeah, it's a really thematic film. Light on plot, if any. <laughs> heavy on heavy on other stuff. He's going to walk past a toxic green fluid. We're going to get to an area with more statues. Ed 209 is in the background. <laughs> as well as Robbie from Lost in Space. I didn't catch that one. I've never seen that, so... <laughs> I saw Ed 209 and I was like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would recognize if I pointed out just because he's so iconic. I mean, he had a guest shot in um, Gremlin, so I'm sure that you would recognize okay. him. He's going to use binoculars to see through windows. We basically get some shadow puppetry here. Yeah, so you're looking at some weird hotel or something. I don't know what's going on. There's somebody who appears to be writing frantically on an old-school typewriter. Yeah. At least that's the way I interpret it, because of the way they keep raising their hands. You don't have to do that for I thought it was a guy modern. playing piano. I thought that was where the music was coming from. Well, it could be. 
It could be. I wasn't really sure. I think yeah. I just assumed. Yeah. We have a woman who seems to enjoy being stabbed. Yeah. And there's one that's just, isn't it like a TV screen or something? Yeah. It looks good. I don't know what we're getting from it. Hell, basically. Just madness. Craziness. Okay. <laughs> perhaps then. Perhaps. We see a bell, a man in a rag mask who is probably a leper. But the way the mask and the goggles look, it reminds me of the Invisible Man. Yeah, he looks like an elevator, like bellboy or something. He's got like, a red blazer and stuff. He's going to crawl out of the barrel. And this sort of weird two-legged creature, has, I don't know, a blobby chicken, but the head is not a chicken, <laughs> right? I mean, it kind of looks like those little robots from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Do okay. you remember yeah. those? The little white ones on two legs. It looks kind of like that, but made flesh. Right. And it's going to be basically captured by this man. And then thematically, there's always a bigger fish. <laughs> yeah. Out comes a freakish mutant with human looking teeth and humanish eyes and a giant cleaver. And what I think are Christmas lights attached to its face. And it's going to come out, stomp down and grab the guy out of the barrel and butcher him. Yeah. Like, literally put him on a butcher's table and use the meat cleaver to to butcher him for later. (laughs) I like this. Not sure that this visual style is my style, but I like the idea of he catches his food and then he becomes the food. Yeah, I don't know if that was part of the plan or, I mean, it looks like he's angry with him. Like, hey, you just stole my catch. I'm going to kill you for it. That could be. I think in my head, I was already starting to put together the idea of this being cycles. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that this was a constant thing. Right. <laughs> so this is happening all the time. A small trap to catch the smaller prey. That is a trap to actually catch the bigger mm-hmm. prey. Yeah. In my head, it was already hitting cycles. And maybe that's why things later didn't seem so surprising to me. Mm. Our protagonist is going to follow some more instructions, pull a wire cable, and that's going to break the floor under him, and he gets lowered down uh, among more pipes. He finds a lab with, it looks like a monkey or a chimp strapped to a table. There are other creatures in tanks and cages. There's... <laughs> I can see your face now. I wish, I wish the listeners could see your face right now. There's a creepy, seductive doll. I was like going to skip this part entirely, but you brought it up, so go for it. It's trying to be, but it. this is the type of thing we have talked about on one or both of the podcasts before. Mm-hmm. I'm sure when I played Agony for yeah. Buyer's Remorse, this is one that I discussed saying, sex as shock value just doesn't really work for me most of the time anymore. It did when I was much younger. And I've become so desensitized. I've seen it so many times. It just doesn't have that effect on me. So when I saw this, I went, that's pretty weak. I was just like, it's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Fine. If you're just going for weird, it feels like it's meant to be more. And I just start to lose interest. There are a few times where they do this in the movie where I'm just like, I I didn't need that. And it Mm. doesn't, to me, really add anything, especially because our protagonist here doesn't interact with it in any way i think that's important though because i think the whole point of this just is kind of me jumping to the end but he has so many chances to interact and to to potentially save some of the characters he ignores everyone he's almost as 
blinded by these guys, like blinded towards these guys as God is to us kind of thing in a, in a way where it doesn't take any interest in them and doesn't interfere with them. I think if that was their point, if that was Phil Tippett's point to like just to add another another example of him turning his back on them, then mission accomplished, I guess, for this scene. It just adds to the number of other times that he does the same thing in action. Right, but... But yeah, I, I, I can understand that point when we're talking about the animals who are trapped. Right, the creepy doll. Yeah, the creepy doll was just there for weirdness. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I could see that though. I saw it more as just being focused, having to mission, follow the mission, plan. Yeah. yeah, the overall mission is more important than you know. If you stop the overall, you stop this as well. Yeah, yeah. I would say it makes for slightly less interesting content, though. Just in my opinion, because. I want to see this character interact with other characters, and we don't get that. No, not at all. Yeah, so like you said, he basically just closes the door, <laughs> sadly looking at the monkey the on the way. monkey's to the table. Yeah. Sorry, dude. We're going to get thunder again, and we're now in a reddish area. There are skulls and skeletons of different kinds. Many seem to be coated in a red goo of some kind. I think this probably has to do with how a lot of humanity died, probably in some sort of biological warfare. Mm -hmm. That's my interpretation anyway. He's going to enter a tunnel, and we're going to see human figures with their heads are gone, only the brains are left. Giants, really. And they're just being electrocuted. Yeah, I didn't realize they were giants until we took it from a different angle, and he's walking in front of their feet. Mm -hmm. And he's basically, I think, the same size as those little santa-ish gnomes were before yeah pretty much yeah this was a, a nice scene and you can see where uh, phil tippett's kind of got some of his inspiration from because i think this is straight out of um garden of earthly delights by hieronymus bosch with the devil sit, sitting on the chair basically defecating into a pot is that what's going on because i wasn't sure if the nasty goo was actually coming out of them or not I, I think, sometimes it's hard to tell i, I don't know i don't I was thinking, is it just they're electrified so much that their insides are turning into mush and they're just ex getting expelled out of their butts into this feeding tube, basically? Or if they're just being shocked so much that they're crapping themselves for eternity? But that does go back to the Bosch painting like of that. And there's even like a little guy there like trying to grab the gold coins out of it and stuff like that. It's just disgusting. <laughs> yeah, this was a really weird scene and pretty gross when you get past into the next bit. Because... Well... Before we do that, the man, the map disintegrates a bit more. I thought he was ripping it off, but I'm not sure at yeah. this point. This is basically going to take you on a video game sort of <laughs> elevator platform that will lower. And there's a giant funnel, which is taking the food down into the giant creature's mouth. Yeah, some kind of biomechanical baby. Which feeds it into... Some sort of flesh sacks that swell and shrink. Have eyeballs in them. And like, there's a whole other ecosystem going on down here. A bit lower, we're seeing a bunch of hydraulic pumps. They give energy to a forge. The forge creates these sort of humanoid zombies. I love this part of the movie. I am going to refer to them as zombies from now on. I am not surprised you love this part. They walk along unseeing. They walk in these two lines. There's two being made at a time. They just walk straight forward and then start working. I read a lot into this whole scene. This is almost like Earth to me, or like a version of Earth that's been made in hell, where they look to me like they were made out of dust and ash, basically. So it's like the whole thing from the Bible, 
ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and like man created out of dust kind of thing. Oh, that could be. That would make more sense to me because I thought they were still being made from what was coming from the flesh sacks. Uh, yeah, I mean, even the look of them, they're hairy, they're wispy. They're, yeah, uh, I think your interpretation is much more spot on. It just kind of makes me go, well, then where does that stuff go? I think that just powers the, the factory, maybe, or something like that. Yeah, like that is the energy for the heat of the forge, yeah, perhaps? Yeah, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. And so it's like this is this hellish nightmare of them trying to emulate God, in a sense, where they, they created humans and they have absolutely no purpose other than to live, work, and die. Yeah, this this whole scene was comical as well. It's so funny, this part. It gets hilarious. I laughed out loud on a few occasions. We have small robots that seem to be walking along. We have a giant... I think it would be what you would normally see on docks. A shipping container transporter crane where it can lower down but instead of picking up a shipping container it's picking up these giant <laughs> larvae so yeah. yeah which are going to be fed into a tube i think and then Sausage they become grinder. food yeah i love how even one of the guys just throws himself in with it just to get ground up he's like i didn't think so i think the other guy pushed him. Oh, really? I did. I'll have to watch that again. If he pushed him, that's even funnier. You have, as I said before, zombies that just seem to work and they don't care about what happens to them. Uh, we have some that just walk right into a fire pit. We have a train that's going to hit some. <laughs> we see giant nuclear power fire stacks in the or smokestacks in the background. We have a large creature that is turning the cranks. This is bringing the larvae to the funnel. And in my notes, I put that he pushed him in. That's uh, what I thought anyway. That's awesome. I mean, it's not awesome, but... <laughs> They're giant slabs that are being knocked over by a zombie to crush others. Those giant slabs are also ones that were levitated and start flying around. And they just start decapitating <laughs> zombies at random times. Yeah. But those are really important to the film, I think. Because we see them later. Yeah. Let's hold off on that till we get to it we're going to see giant scoop that is picking up corpses from a huge wasteland like a junkyard of bodies yeah and it is going to put them on the train we're going to see the giant larvae being brought in and butchered by the zombies and this is a part where they're arguing or talking and the train just hits them yeah yeah safety in the workplace folks come on <laughs> Okay, next part. I'm not really sure even how to describe it. I'm not sure I really want to. Oh, the, the weird pig things that they... Yeah, it looks like there's a tall red creature. I wasn't sure what he was trying to do. If he was trying to milk the creature or if he was trying to clean up after it. But it poops so hard it launches him back. Yeah. Which... You give me a look like that was unpleasant, but I thought that would have been one of your highlights of the movie. No, no, I don't like in films. <laughs> I really don't like it. I don't like it in games. I don't like it in films. So the, the, these these kind of parts gross me out. So these larger creatures, I'm going to say they're sort of the slave drivers because yeah. they're whipping the zombies to work. There's babyish, childish sounds annoyingly coming from loudspeakers and you also then get to see a giant structure that just has screens on it with mouths and eyes and it's making these sounds yeah it's not pleasant no it's not but i think it's important as well as just like this it's just gibberish it's just absolute nonsense that no one understands hence the whole tara babel thing from the start 
And um, yet the zombies are watching. Yet they come. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they all kind of seem drawn and they flock to it. The man's instructions just fall apart now. There's a small zombie, which I don't know where that came from, because they're all the same size, but we have this cute zombie who's looking at him. Yeah. Just so I think that we'll be sympathetic to it, mm-hmm. because the man is going to go down this hatch he can open and get away, but he's watching with what appears to be some emotion as the slave driver is stomping him to death, stomping that cute little zombie to death. Yeah. Okay, so here's a black screen. Here's one of our first. This is not really the best point to stop because things are still going to be happening. This protagonist is still going. But I think that this is a good time to say, whew, take a second from all the visuals. Let your mind relax before you have to see the next set. (laughs) The man turns on a lantern and he goes down a green slimy set of stairs. He steps on a bug which screams. Mm. He is... At the bottom, in what looks like a cavern. Yeah, I like how this whole world is so dark and disgusting and dreary. But even this place is like doesn't even have light. Very symbolic. I didn't really notice before the briefcase that he was carrying. But as soon as I saw the pile of briefcases, I go, well, that looks like yours. And this must be a cycle. And this is like so... I'm sure Little Nightmares stole this uh, this this image, you know, because it just looks like something that would be in Little Nightmares. Wouldn't it have to go the other way around? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm guessing that this was made probably way before, you know. But yeah, it's like it would it would never have been seen. Yeah, this was probably made in like the the 1990s, I guess. You know, actually, just delete that whole <laughs> part. That's dumb. <laughs> I would say that we have probably seen this vision yeah. elsewhere, this sort of imagery elsewhere. Even as recently as when we played By Memory of Us, there's a huge pile of suitcases. Mm. It has a very different meaning, though. Yeah. In this case, they're all identical briefcases, and that indicates that this has happened before, and when he opens it up and it's a bomb, obviously it must have failed before. Thousands upon thousands of times. The clock will tick. There's not enough time to get away. This is definitely a suicide mission. However, the clock fails, and it seems to be unable to tick over the last second. Just going back to two to one to two to one to two to one. A large spider-like creature of metal and flesh will grab the soldier and carry him off. Our next scene, it's a very weird transition. Yeah, this is what I meant by like a kind of intermission almost. This is where... We get like real people. It's almost like watching Mystery Science Theater, where it's like we've got the we can see the backs of their heads in the cinema, but it's more like they're behind a sheet, aren't they? It's like again shadow puppetry almost. They kind of it's like a show where they're all laughing at them stripping down the assassin, taking off his socks and his shoes and his helmet, and being injected with something. That's right, getting injected with something. But also, is it just me, or did you notice that the by the time they've stripped the assassin down? He looks a lot like the doctor figure kind of standing in the middle. Really, really similar. Because he's actually very slender. He's got a really long neck on the table. And the guy right in the middle looks the same. I think that definitely could be part of it. So it's like, is he one of them? And is this what we've become? Or, or, or when I say we, you know, like, is this, is this what they've become? I think there are a couple of different ways you could look at that. I think that you could look at it as the last man has taken some of their soldiers And converted them to his. Mm -hmm. You could also look at it the other way around and say that they have found a way to take 
the soldiers and convert them to be something for them. Or like they've kind of defected, maybe. Mm. Maybe maybe that. Because the, the whole bunch of un, unexploded suitcases kind of got me. It was like, did they all just not go off? Was it foiled every time? And I assumed it was foiled every time, but there are many ways, like you said, you could interpret that. Mm, yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of food for thought in this in this part and the, the the suitcase part before for me. But yeah, this is where it gets weird. <laughs> this is where it gets weird. <laughs> We're gonna see many rooms with bodies and holes in them basically we're looking at the cutaway of a giant structure with let's say hundreds of rooms with all these bodies that have been through whatever this doctor is going to do it's doctor in air quotes but yeah yeah yeah. it's like the world's most disgusting advent calendar (laughs) (laughs) our character is going to look around there are needles and tubes attached to him and time is slowing down he's looking around his eyes sort of pops out of his head and can oh, look around. Shot, yeah. yeah. He's going to see x-rays, what I think is a picture of Gandhi above it. We have the doctor and nurse walk in. They seem, certainly she seems to be a human actor, but in this scene, it's done through stop motion. I like what they've done with this. I, I it like is. It. If you want to go for creepy, this works. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. They're going to cut into the man and start taking parts out. At first, it appears to be organs, but then it's metal necklaces, coins. Jewelry, yeah, it's weird. Then it becomes books. And he really gets in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I put in my notes, he's elbow deep in him now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this part is not for the squeamish, that's for sure. It's, it, it turned my stomach a little bit to watch this. And here pops out a baby tentacle creature of some kind. Not the first one. There was several dead ones before that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, before. But that's what they're looking for, isn't it? They finally find this living one, and they're like, Eureka, you know? It cries like a baby. The nurse takes it down the hall. Though at this point, she stops being in stop motion, and yeah. that almost seems more strange to me than her being in stop motion. I didn't like that. I wish they'd kept it up. Yeah. If you're going to do it for one scene, do it for another. Why does it work in the room, but it doesn't work in the hallway? Maybe it was really hard to do, and they just... Certainly would have taken a lot more time. Yeah. Maybe it was a budget thing, or time. Well, you had 30 years. (laughs) Depending on how you look at it. Yeah. I assume that most of this stuff is probably more recent stuff. The doctor turns on a drill, cuts into the soldier, who is somehow still alive. So that destroyed my theory that they took the life out of him. Mm. No, he's still alive because his eyes are still moving around. Yeah. Drill into the brain, and the camera follows into the hole. There's some sort of small antenna, satellite dish in this room. The doctor is is watching the signal, basically, and watching what's going on. Seeing inside his head, I guess, also seeing some of his thoughts and memories. I think think, think that's what it is. Yeah, it's basically he's getting to see his memories. We see the human, the last man, I think now, who is looking out through binoculars... They're men like this soldier, or soldiers like whatever this this person is. Now that we know he's made of books and jewelry, yeah. what is he really? Mm-hmm. Which ties into a lot of the movies that he was working on. Robocop, how much can you replace before you take away the humanity? Right. They are cutting up blocks of some kind. They're digging. They're trying to break down these giant doors, a kind of gate into a fortress, which I think is the one we saw at the beginning. They appear to be soldiers. Some start I don't know, yodeling. 
Others are like wailing. We see the man, the, the human man, I think, in the bunker. And he has ridiculously long fingernails and toenails. Didn't understand that at all. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have uh, nail clippers for eternity, then they're going to be a lot longer than that. <laughs> Just either have them or don't. Don't have them manicured to that ridiculous level. Come on. <laughs> maybe that's the point. Maybe he doesn't care. Or maybe he cares a lot. Maybe he's proud of these nails. Who, who knows? Not really sure. But that's the thing. There's no development of that. There's no character development at all. We, this is the first time we've met this guy and we don't really see much of him afterwards. Who the hell knows what, that, what the deal is with those nails? I think part of it could say that if you can keep nails like this, you're not actually working. He is making everybody else do the work for him. But I even think just the simple things that he's doing of choosing clothes, moving things around, you're going to break a nail at some point. Yeah, yeah. But I do like how he doesn't actually speak. He just like kind of mumbles and groans and makes these weird sounds. <laughs> uh, I, You can help me in this because you're really good at this and I'm not. Who is this guy? I've seen this guy before. That I'm not sure. I saw the name. I mean, I did look at the, I looked him up on IMDb and I was yeah. like, I still haven't seen any of these films, but I know this guy's face. That I don't know. I'd have to look again. So, sorry. If we think of it, maybe we'll throw it in the video. Or if someone knows, let us know in the comments. Because I, from what it looks like, it looks like he's directed a lot of stuff. But I'm sure, maybe I've seen him on a, like a, one of the like British talk shows or quiz shows. Maybe that's where I've seen him. Because I don't recognize any of the films he's been in. If that's the case, on the database, you want to look under self. And then that will give uh, you like interview times and you know panel uh, shows that okay, kind of thing. Okay, so. that that's uh, I'll, I'll look up because it's really bothering me. <laughs> it's, really, <laughs> it's really really bugging me because he's got a very unique face. Definitely, he's he's definitely a what's the word I want to say? Does leave it at that. <laughs> he's got a unique face. It's one of those times <laughs> where it's like when I'm doing the edit and I'm like, okay, let me finish that sentence. Oh, oh. <laughs> Darren never did finish the sentence, so <laughs> it, it appears as though I'm cutting off your sentence, but like, no, no that's, that's just it. where Darren ended. Yeah. <laughs> or or other times where you, you start, you're stumbling to try to think of the next thing to say, and then you just let it go. It's like, oh, okay, well. Um, Let's re rewind two minutes of that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> let me see where, where I can edit it best. All right, so he is going to go down in his open-toed slippers and dressed as a cardinal. He has goblins sewing clothes for him. I took that as witches. I took mm. that as a straight Macbeth reference. Like three witches under the table, stitching him together a map. Yeah. And out, is this... Out of human skin, basically. That, okay, that was going to be my question. Because I put made of skin, question mark? Because it definitely kind of looks that way. Yeah. I think these are the, the bubble, bubble, toil and trouble witches kind of thing. Maybe this one won't fall apart. Maybe this one won't fall apart and... Maybe this one, maybe this mission will be successful, you know? So I think these are the witches that are guiding him on his quest, basically. It's obviously a map because there's a dotted line. With a that, big X marks yeah. the spot. Yeah, comically <laughs> large X marks the spot. He marches out in front of his soldiers. He gives the map to one of the soldiers. In the metal capsule, that soldier will lower down, as we've seen before. Mm -hmm. The cycle starts again. Yeah. The last man with his big nails will enter an equipment room and turn on detectors of all kinds. There is an SOS message coming in on the telegraph. He taps out a message. We don't know what that message is. We don't even know where the SOS is coming from. The capsule lowers, but this time it seems to lower into a different location, right? Yeah, yeah, more modern. There's, um, I think, I think it's the Brooklyn Bridge in the back. 
background, but it's like it looks more like New York, like skyscrapers, the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, uh, it basically lowers among what I say is the ruins of a city. Mm-hmm. The ruins are a greenish copper everywhere, which doesn't really make sense. I don't think. I mean, we have statues that are made of copper, but not whole buildings. Yeah, that might make me lean more toward DC, <laughs> but. New York would have the Statue of Liberty, which would have that greenish copper as well. So, yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I'm just going to go with... A city. A city. (laughs) Because I I think there is the White House in the background. I think you get to see, like, the pillars of the White House. this might be a mishmash of different structures. I think it is just... However, listeners, if you know for sure that this is a very specific (laughs) city, let us know. We're we're always glad to be informed. Yeah. Yeah, so the soldier's going to walk through this ruined cityscape. There is... (laughs) What I describe as a large land octopus that lowers. It is a reddish creature that lands and it has about six feet or something and a bulbous head. It's a virus. That makes sense. It starts poking zombies to death, basically. Yeah, if you look up a picture of of what a virus looks like in in a microscope, it's exactly like that. It's basically... So it's some giant virus. But my virus theory kind of got popped immediately as soon as he popped the first zombie because it's like aren't viruses supposed to inhabit a host it's just like it's just outright killing them it doesn't really make sense for a virus to it wants to stay alive more thematic than yeah. anything i will say let me let me say this now and i'll probably say it again at the end i definitely was much less interested in this part of the movie i think once our first protagonist was taken out of the picture for the most part the one that we had been following for mm. half the movie, about 42 minutes, something like that. That was who I was following. That was who I supported. And then you took that away. Give me weird guy with his nails. And, oh, don't worry. I've got thousands of soldiers. We can just keep doing this forever. forever. And I was like, okay, well, here's just another guy then. It sort of takes away yeah. what I emotionally invested in the first one. And I also think that the second half, though there are a lot of great visuals here... I think that there were some things that were a bit more rushed for time and the animation isn't quite as good. And some things that they do with models instead of animation where I'm just like, okay, this doesn't work as well for me. We'll get to those when we yeah. when we get to each of those scenes. But I'm just going to lay that, you know, cards on the table. That's how I feel about the second half. The first half for me was far more interesting. And I think that the first half is what he got done in the first t- 10 years of the project as well and so that whole first half was basically a short film i mean they, they could have honestly if they'd ended the film at the pyramid of briefcases and they're just like fade to black i would have been happy you know i'd been i would have been like yeah this is that was a that was an interesting thing like an interesting kind of short film to watch yeah i agree i think that would have been solid beginning middle end and i think that that would have worked very well for yeah. me it's almost like the people that encouraged Phil Tippett to continue with it kind of ruined it a little bit almost, like just putting stuff in for the sake of making it 90 minutes. Yeah, because I, I agree. It's like, I do like the the, the rest of the film, but there's a, there seems to be a really bright, bright, bright line in the sand that divides this film into two separate films and they kind of clash a little bit. Yeah, and we'll like I said, we'll probably get to that in the end again as well. The soldier's going to hop on a motorcycle, ride through the city. We see zombies being killed. There's some lewd acts going on here that I don't think we needed. We're going to enter a another scene. This one is orangish in color. 
The motorcycle, of course, is going to run out of fuel. He's going to get into a car. He has to hotwire it. Turns off the radio music by hitting the console. He's going to drive out through a crossroad. And this is one of those scenes where I was referring to a couple minutes ago in the fact that this is a remote control car that's driving through. There's no animation happening here. And this happens a lot through this and through what I believe is the next scene with the giant tanks and everything and the explosions that don't really work for me. The modeling is great, but this isn't animated and it looks that way. And so it doesn't necessarily look like it fits with the other scenes. And I get it. This is a much cheaper way to do this. It is a much faster way. It is a much easier way. And for most of the stuff, a car driving across a crossroad, you know, stopping at the crossroad and then continuing on. Do we really need more animation for that? No, but it doesn't feel like it gels. To me, it's like the nurse in stop motion versus the nurse just walking down the hallway. Mm -hmm. That inconsistency... I notice, and I think most people probably wouldn't care and they'd be fine. But I do feel like these are moments that don't have the same meaning to me. We are going to enter a darker gray landscape. There are pterodactyls flying around, smoke, piles of something. At this point, I don't even care what they're piles of. A lighthouse. We're getting imagery, but this really doesn't play into much. An area of spikes and metal poles with skulls atop them. Uh, yeah, this is where we lead into our tanks. Did you like this part with the tanks? Not really. Okay. Um, I, I thought that you would, and I thought that I would be the one going. Uh, this. No, I mean for me. Even just the even even the sound effects are too weird. Like it's like it's like nineteen seventies, like the ricochet sounds. It's like the old spaghetti western sounds. It was. I don't know. Maybe it's intentional. Maybe I maybe I'm missing something. But I just didn't feel that we really. Needed that. Like, just get on with it. Get in the hole. Drive down the hole already. Let's get back to the, the underground weirdness. I also don't know what... I get it. War is terrible. War is bad. I, yeah, got, I got it. But who's fighting? All our soldiers, as far as I know, the human side with our last man, is up on the surface somewhere. Yeah. Who are all these people fighting? Are they just fighting each other? I think so. Yeah, I mean, that's it. It's just like the madness of war and the war never stops. Just keeps going forever, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, we got that in spades the entire film. We, we, like, we know about how bad humanity is. We're also going to pull back. We're going to see what looks like a tornado on the left side of the screen and mushroom clouds forming in the background. There's some unnecessary graffiti in here, which is the only I, English we get in the whole movie. I wrote this down because I was like, A, it's spelled wrong, and B, is it referencing something else? Who's Joel? I looked it up. It doesn't seem to have a purpose. At least, at least nobody on, on, on the internet has discovered its purpose. I think it's just unnecessary. I think it took me completely out of the movie at that moment. I mean, if it was like Kilroy was here... Then I would kind would of be, understand that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, it caught my eye too. And I, I wrote it down letter for letter because it's, it's, it's even spelled wrong. It's like, doesn't make maybe, any sense. Maybe that's the joke. Maybe. When you're insulting someone else's intelligent, but you... You're dumb too. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? It just didn't work for me. But Joel, if you're listening, you're all right, son. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to reach another pile of briefcases and a closed gate, but this is not, as far as I know, the same pile of briefcases. The radio is going to come on again, the gate's open, and the car is going to drive on a very precarious ledge. And this goes on 
for a little longer than I would have preferred. Yeah, I wondered about this. I wondered... I had so I was brewing up some weird theories by this point. I mean, it's further descent again, obviously. Yeah, but is it like is the world inverted? Because this looks like what would be the tower from the inside going down. Have we just gone through like an inversion? I don't know where I'm going with that theory or whatever, but that's what it, it looked like the inside of the tower that he was driving down, like the inside of the pyramid. And I just wondered why, but I never thought any more about it than that because <laughs> it's probably not that at all it's probably just a weird stairway down into hell again we're now going to cut back to the doctor and our first soldier the nurse is still carrying the baby she comes up to a giant en- yeah <laughs> giant entrance it's going to open a machine creature sidles up uh, well, I said that, and I wasn't really sure. After this point, I start to refer to it as a reaper, because I really wasn't <laughs> sure. It basically kind of floats around. I said the floating plague doctor matron. Yeah, pretty much. The hair all has bits of trinkets and things in it that rattle as it moves. It's got the plague doctor mask, kind of yeah. raven head. It's a very interesting look, and I love that, and I love the way it moves. It does move very smoothly. It, it it is meant to hover over the ground, and it looks like it is doing that. It's ghostly, yeah. I, I like this a lot. And this is obviously not uh, stop motion, but it blends well. I don't know. like So for all the other stuff that we didn't like, like the tanks, the, the radio-controlled car, the nurse when she goes into non-stop motion, what they've done here with the CGI part of it is flawless. It really blends well. I don't know how they managed to get away with that and not the other stuff. I agree. This part works. This this creature does not feel out of place. Mm. It's going to leave and the door is just going to slam in the nurse's face. Whether she's standing in the way or not. <laughs> it does appear that way. The nurse seems shocked to be separated. She leaves and goes to what looks like her room, which is a sad little straw... Burrow. Yeah. <laughs> just a bit of straw on the ground of half a room. She doesn't even look like she can sit up in this place. The baby cries. The screen is going to go black. We are going to follow the Reaper creature with the baby, and large blocks sort of move out of the way. This is a cool scene. It's like a cool maze kind of thing. It is. It looks a bit like the traffic jam puzzles that we <laughs> normally get annoyed by, but they do not interfere with the Reaper. The Reaper can just pass right yeah. through, and as passing through, they all seal behind. We hit another room of statues. Here we can see, like, the terracotta soldiers from Xi'an, the Lady Justice. There's a giant pig with a chef's hat, which must be a reference to something. I looked it up. It is, it's like some, I can't remember the name of it now. But, yeah, it's, uh, it was like an, a mascot for something, basically. I assumed as much. There's a couple of plinths with giant bulls chained to them. They're appear to be guarding a door. I don't know how they can guard it if they're also chained up. I think they can probably get just far enough to bite <laughs> to stuff head off. Yeah. It looks great, though. Yeah. This is visually a really great... It's basically the, the big yeah. dogs from uh, Ghostbusters <laughs> guarding the entrance. The Reaper will float in and downstairs. This is where we know for sure that the Reaper character is meant to be hovering because there are no feet touching the yeah. stairs. Yeah. I like that. That looked great, and that shot meant something to me. Mm. I was I was happy to see that. There's some large slimy yellow babyish thing that follows as well, but what I assume is the umbilical cord stops it from getting any further. Yeah, I'm guessing that this is kind of like an inner it's and the thing is with this is it's almost peaceful, isn't it? After all the chaos that we've seen outside, this place is quiet, it's colourful. 
It's organized, structured yeah. in a way. Yeah, and it's like it's almost it's peaceful, almost. It's like yeah, like a, an inner sanctum. And I think all these other babies and stuff are are like maybe failed attempt. They've been looking for the one, and you know, could this one be it? Mm-hmm. We're gonna see tanks of things like amoeba and such in the background, which at the time felt pointless, but I think it is meant to tie into what we get at the end. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see two hands, each holding an eye that are also standing guard at a door. I don't know, again, what the eyes could do, but maybe the hands would throw the eyes away and then stop whoever's doing it. I don't know. Slap you. Fun imagery, though. Mm -hmm. Enter what appears to be our new main character, the Hunchback. Yeah, very... um, We're going to follow the Hunchback a lot. Very Muppets this guy is, man. (laughs) The Hunchback has deformed everything weird bumpy claw arm almost like a crab arm has been attached to him he's got boils on his face he's hairy in every way i think meant to be gross no matter where you look on this guy there's something that's not quite right yeah but he can create stuff so that's his gift he's going to come across these large creatures that are fighting they have masks on they're fighting with shovels he's going to shock them a lot. Yeah. And then when you think it stopped, he actually cracks it up. Yeah. <laughs> they get back to shoveling what could be excrement. We don't know at sure this point. Is. Pretty sure it is. That's fine. But then where is it coming from? I'm not up, sure. Up above. Because more drops in at the end. And they're like, oh, they're going to get back to work. Yeah. but uh, Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Don't think about it. It's like the sand in uh, Rise of Skywalker. We don't want to think about that weird. Was that Rise of Skywalker? With the stupid sand pit that they fall through. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And once stuff falls, they start fighting again. So you've, you've stopped them for about 30 seconds. Yeah. The hunchback goes to like a new room. He opens a box. Inside is what looks like a beautiful black light area. All these plants and everything. These cute little tentacle spotted creatures walk out and they're eating the maggots that he's dropping in. And they seem very happy. It's but like of, spaghetti. <laughs> but of course, they can't be too happy. No, of course not, because this is mad god. So, open another door. Similar spotted spider-like creatures come out and eat one of the first creatures. Yeah, this part was comical as well. And on purpose, definitely on purpose. But it's just like, yeah, when you think like, oh, because I was watching this going, oh, this is... This is this is the inner sanctum. Here, life is being created. It's like, no, just messing with other people for their enjoyment again. And it's good. I do like watching this part, but it does feel like we're hitting this message again. And mm. this feels like we've done this multiple times already. Yeah, I like how the other one basically leaves. He sees the monster coming, runs, leaves the other one to get eaten, and then peeks out from behind a tree and puts his hand over his mouth. He's just like, ooh. <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, did did, did I do that? There are some grown bugs playing cards while it happens. No idea. Don't ask. Somewhat indifferently, I'm assuming these are some of the maggots that survived. (laughs) No idea, but I'll take any theory on that, to be honest. (laughs) I was watching that going, what? (laughs) I I can try and explain away a lot of stuff, but I just can't bring myself to explain that bit away. The hunchback laughs, closes the gate. We have, in that room, there are some... What look like human heads? That are sentient. Well, at least the eyes follow him around. So I wasn't exactly sure what to make of that, if they were actually other, other, human other heads. Or, yeah. I guess it could be. He's going to go to a room full of clocks and start dusting them off. He sweeps some glass and dusts off tanks. Looks at what I think are films through a telescope. 
I'm guessing he's looking at other universes. I know that's a long stretch because it's like, well, it's obviously not a universe. It's a film, Darren. But I mean, as a guy, I'm guessing it's symbolic for other universes. So in like universe one, in the first one, he sees a naked woman getting a, a bath. She's basically being bathed. Mm-hmm. In the second one, it's like the, the, the timer for the start of a movie or something like that. And then the last one is the one that he stays on because it's the one that he's fascinated with. And that's the destruction of the nuclear bomb. And that's the one, that's the image that he lingers on the most. Again, total symbolism. He's got a choice of things to watch, but he chooses to watch the death and destruction of nuclear holocaust, basically. He's going to replace some books to the shelf. At that point, we hear the baby cry. We go back to seeing the Reaper, or Plague Doctor, as you said, walking through, putting the baby on a table under a spiked crusher, which I knew exactly what was going to happen. Well, I knew it was going to be crushed anyway. Yeah, but I mean, I thought, and I shouldn't have thought this because the movie's done it over and over again, but I was like, Really? You brought the baby? You did all that just to put it in that machine <laughs> and crush it into, a, like, make a smoothie out of it? But of course you did. Yeah. yeah. I did notice, though, the spikes are clearly, they look like soundproof foam. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, oh that, that's not real. <laughs> but I'll, I'll cut them slack on that one. Yeah, so crush the baby, you get... A sort of liquid that is melted into a brick. The hunchback uses a mortar and pestle to turn it into glitter. Gold dust, maybe? (laughs) The hunchback is going to crank up the furnace. The powder burns. And this whole time I was like, yeah, I thought, what? This is a long way around to do whatever you're doing. But then it does create something. It creates a sort of eye like shape in the air, which is possibly a portal. And I wasn't sure if it was meant to be a portal to another universe or a portal in time. I just thought it was like, this is them making the Big Bang again. Like, they're making another universe. Okay, that could be. I think if they're doing that, then it is into another parallel dimension kind of thing. For me, I was wondering if it was meant to be back in time, if they were trying to fix all of the things that had happened before and start over, which is kind of what we get. We're in space, we see the planets aligned, a UFO flies out of nowhere, because that's, I guess, funny. It didn't work for me. Complete with 1950s sound effects. Alright, so one of our slabs from earlier is going to hit a planet. And at this point I put, what, a 2001 reference? Yeah, that's that's all I can see. We get a long montage of liquids moving. I did not like this part at all. It's basically just a montage of life evolving again. I understood that, but... These liquids don't look like life form again. This is a bunch of just colors and bubbles. Mm. This does not look animated. This does not look like each one has been given thought or forming for a while, which does lead back to 2001. And this is part of where I I lose the love I have for this movie a bit at the end with the 2001 reference. It's not just like an Easter egg with before with the... Like the Ed Tonine. Yeah. That, I was like, okay, that's amusing. That's fine. You threw that in. You're now taking essentially what is a reference from another movie and making it part of your movie. And I do not like that. Yeah. Unless they were friends and he asked Stanley Kubrick, hey, can I do this? Would that be funny? But even (laughs) still, we have talked before in one of the Portal mods that we discussed about... Yeah, they had permission to incorporate a lot of that stuff into their game. But once you start bringing a lot of 
somebody else's material into yours. I mean, I wouldn't even want Kubrick to have 2001 references tied into another one of his movies. Even his own films. Yeah, yeah, I get your point. Yeah. And to me, that feels kind of cheap. It feels a bit like a cop-out. Do your own thing. But I do think that it is a shorthand to say, yes, we're starting life over. Here's how you know if you've seen 2001 Mm -hmm. and you remember it. Yeah, I agree. It shouldn't have been in there. Maybe people like that, but yeah. I mean, it was perfectly clear life was evolving and the cycle was starting again anyway. And we had the monoliths from before, from the factory level of of the hell, whatever it was, you know. So it's like, it was was already there. I think that was a bit overkill, to be honest. We are going to see, as you said, life created, but it's going to be really accelerated. From cells to human fetuses to skyscrapers to a radio tower giving off a signal to air raid sirens to a graffiti artist to an explosion. We see a dead body, a black hole, three more 2001 slabs fly out of it. This is where it pushes beyond where I was happy with it. We see red liquid in a jar. Clocks moving quickly. And another 2001 reference here with the baby head in the jar kind of thing. Skeletons getting covered in cobwebs. Candles melt. Hourglass, the sand builds and falls. It's a lot of, oh, don't you get it? Like time is moving forward and backward. And yeah, I get it. I get it. And some of the imagery here is cool. But story-wise, time-wise, this is the climax You know, like, this is where it doesn't really work as a traditional story. It just doesn't. You don't have that climax. Which I would argue, in many ways, the full movie of 2001 A Space Odyssey doesn't really follow that format either. And part of why I have a problem with that movie. But here, I don't know. I I think I wanted something more at this point. We're also going to get a montage of images from the whole movie which again yes we've been through the cycles they happen again the time bomb though as i was waiting for it i think that's part of it too i was like okay get to the bomb get to the bomb (laughs) like i know it's gonna happen the bomb finally clicks forward a bird comes out cuckoo and then we cut to black this to me is where the movie should have ended Mm -hmm. i was like okay fine i've been waiting for that clock to tick over for the whole second half of the movie i was expecting it and i was not disappointed that that's how the movie ended that's fine everything gets destroyed and i think it's maybe a stretch to think everything gets destroyed from that one box of tnt but there is a whole pile of it and maybe it's enough just to take out whoever is running this ridiculous show underground this side of the war yeah yeah because there's nuclear bombs being detonated several levels above and that's not destroyed everything so a couple of sticks of dynamite's not going to do much. We do get another shot of the last man on that sort of stage where they lower the capsules. And that's kind of it. You do, at the very end of the credits, you see lightning, hear thunder, and there's that human eye again. Which makes me think, it started all over again. And if so, then you've taken the one <laughs> meaningful thing to me, which is, okay... It has finally ended, and it will start a new cycle. It feels like, no, that didn't work. I didn't see it as the bomb detonating either. I just saw it as cuckoo, cuckoo was... We did, we, did, we don't get to see it explode, so I don't believe it happened. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I don't think it happened. All right. That's interesting. Now, I 
definitely felt like it did. And I felt like that was breaking the cycle. Yes, there we go. There's our, our resolution at the end. At no, least. I think, I think him looking into the thing and just being like, you know, just like, hmm, didn't work again. I think we're going to start all over again. I think that's the whole point of the film for me is, is the whole cycle. So, yeah, it's like you don't get to see it explode. So it, it's like some, when someone dies off camera, you know, it's like they're not really happen. dead. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mad God for me, as I said before, is a really visually interesting film. And I'm glad to have seen it. It is a bit more art over story. Well, <laughs> a lot more yeah. art over story. But especially that first half. The it's, it's great, man. The first animation half is, is amazing. Very interesting. And even some of the stuff, the hunchback with the little alien creatures and the spiders it wasn't necessary it did feel like it was kind of slowing down the movie with the same message again but the animation for that part was really good and i enjoyed watching that i could watch that as its own little short film quite happily yeah there's a lot of great imagery throughout like i said this is a movie where i think anytime you'd pause it you would have something interesting on the screen I think some of the model times, which are probably meant to just save time by having an RC car run through as opposed to actually animated all of that and the tanks. There's a lot I could skip. There's a lot that I think could be shorter. I do think the first half is a very solid movie and the second half weakens it. But overall, I do think that it is worth watching. I was glad to watch it. And even though it's gross and at times stuff I don't need to see, this is a movie where... I could see myself watching it again just for the visuals and just for appreciating the stop motion that went into this. Yeah, even the title, Mad God, I was thinking, like, even about the title, like, okay, so what does that mean? Because mad could be crazy, mad could be angry, mad could be Certainly there was vengefulness mentioned in Leviticus. Leviticus Yeah, and also, who is the last man? Because, I mean, I guess he is the last human that we get to see, but the the doctor and the, the nurse look human to me. So he's not really the last man. He's maybe the last man up there. I was kind of obsessed for a bit after, afterwards thinking like, okay, so who who is he, right? And what's his purpose? Is he trying to end our suffering? Or is he actually God trying to unsuccessfully have another kind of great flood? You know, is he, is he unsuccessfully trying to wipe us off the face of the earth again? But he can't do it now. That was his plan from Leviticus all along when they when they built the Tower of, of Babel. It, it wasn't to honor God, it was to get on level with him, wasn't it? And that's why he was so against it, because they wanted to make something of themselves to be closer to him, but not closer to him spiritually, like we're now equals. Yeah? At least that's my that's my interpretation of what the whole that whole thing is. And so is this God angered but because the humans came so far, he just can't get rid of them now. Now they are like a virus that he just cannot extinguish. Or was this hell? Because it sure looks like hell. But is that the point? People are just horrible. <laughs> like, I mean, we're just evil and terrible people at heart. Because, I mean, a lot of this does ring true. And yeah, it is a lot of... You see the, the, the lines you can draw to real life on this? Yeah, in everything. It's like, we don't help people that are in need we turn our backs on people, we wage war on each other, we are selfish, uh, we occasionally take pleasure in other people's pain. It's like all these things that the movie does to the extreme, but I don't know. I think the movie is good just to even talk about afterwards and to, to see what the point is. I think for something like this, though, the point is pretty clear cut, though. So it's not like you could talk about it for months, you know? I think some people could. I think it depends on exactly what you want to contribute to some of the imagery mm-hmm. and 
what you would say it represents. You could look at it not just as... Or maybe it's just me. I've made up my mind already. So. And that could be. Yeah. I think that there's a lot to be said for my earlier thought of it being futility mm-hmm. and that the whole thing feels in many ways futile. And you're right. I think that the title in this case needs to be taken into account. And how does that interpret it? The Mad God could also be the Reaper-like character that continually restarts universes hoping that the next world, the next bit of life, will be the one that doesn't make the same mistakes. Mm. Yet he has a henchman, this hunchback, that clearly loves the destruction. Yeah. So how can he do that when somebody who works for him is hoping for the opposite? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I think that you could, and I think that you're right, that it could be a very interesting movie for starting conversations and saying, what does this interpret or what does this make you think about i do think this is the type of movie that will have you thinking about it long after you've seen it i think that whether it is something that you took away as a message or whether something really striking in the visuals i think this is something that's always going to be kind of part of you this is not a movie that will just be in and out at least it won't be for me gaps filled the more gaps created I think. Like, I feel like there's more that should be there, but I don't... <laughs> I, think we've, I think we've gone on long enough. How long is that? Yeah, about an hour and a half. So. No, I thought it was longer than that.